I'd like to thank everyone listening and uh, joining us today. My name is Tyler Waldrop. I'm a senior manager in Barry Dunn's Tax Consulting and Compliance Group, and uh, more specifically, our financial services uh, industry group. Um, you know, when I'm not preparing and reviewing tax provisions or my head is buried in the Internal Revenue Code, I'm usually chasing around my very opinionated uh, two-year-old daughter, but I'm happy to be joined today by my colleague, Ian Martell. Thanks, Tyler. It's great to have you join us today as we continue our series on Fiducia internal controls. Over the past few episodes, we spent time laying the groundwork for what Fiducia internal control over financial reporting means to a financial institution and the ways that common pitfalls can be avoided when establishing an overall control environment. So I'm really excited to dive into a more focused look at how that applies to income taxes today. So Tyler, you want to kick us off and kind of tell us a little bit more about what we'll be covering today? Yeah, Ian. So here we are, you know, about 30 years after the enactment of the FDIC Improvement Act, which is uh, more commonly referred to as FDICIA, and income tax-related material weaknesses continue to be a, a pain point for many financial institutions. Um, you know, with the costly uh, implications of a weakness, the obvious question is, how does your financial institution prevent or avoid such an occurrence? And the simple and, and very obvious answer is by putting in place and implementing effective internal controls. You know, in my experience, income tax is often seen as a separate, very specialized area of an institution's financial statements. Uh, maybe the preparation activities and control responsibilities for income tax lie outside of the core accounting team with professionals who do have deep technical tax knowledge, but maybe less experience or visibility into auditing and internal control procedures. Um, and some institutions with strained or limited in-house tax resources may not prioritize income tax accounting and reporting until it's too late. You know, in, in these types of situations, setting aside time to refresh an area that an institution may not necessarily see as broken is extremely difficult. Those are all really good points, and you know, I'm going to reiterate how glad I am to have you here today because, as you said, it's it's a complex area and one that a lot of folks can tend to shy away from. So in your experience, what are some of the common flaws you often see in income tax controls? Yeah, so, so when tax controls fail, it generally occurs in one of two key areas. Um, either the controls are not effectively designed or they're they're not adequately executed. Um, income tax controls are often heavily focused on management review procedures, and while management review controls can be very efficient, it's critical that they're designed, documented, and executed effectively. Um, and, and, you know, Ian, there's, there's really five common uh, issues or pitfalls um, in the design of tax controls that I've seen. You know, first, is missing controls. You know, the, the income tax provision is made up of numerous calculations that impact various areas of the financial statements. You know, you have your current and deferred income tax expense, you've got deferred tax assets or liabilities, and your income tax is payable or receivable, and then a handful of um, different tax-related disclosures like the, the tax rate reconciliation. And many of these calculations require significant judgment and some level of tax technical knowledge. So sufficient control procedures to cover all material areas of the provision and all areas of significant judgment really should be in place. 
However, it's unlikely that one overarching management review control can cover all of the areas of an income tax provision. You know, and so maybe maybe a missing control is as straightforward as ensuring the federal and state tax rates are updated for any any new legislation, right? Someone someone should be monitoring, you know, tax rates and, and any changes that could be coming down the line. Um, you know, the second area where we where we see some issues is is with um, Excel spreadsheet controls. And don't get me wrong, Excel is a fantastic app with take application, but it's only as good as the input and the source of that input. Um, for tax provision calculations performed within Excel, we recommend going through each relevant tab of the tax provision calculation and documenting, of course, in, in significant uh, or sufficient detail within a narrative or process flowchart that covers a couple different areas. First, being the source of the inputs, right? So what is the interdependence between the tabs? You know, does a balance that is calculated in tab A flow to, into any other tabs? Um, is the data pulled from a spreadsheet or a report? If so, you know, how is that spreadsheet or report generated and by who? Is the report generated from a validated system? You know, that is, a system that's covered by the institution's IT general controls? And then what procedures uh, are performed over this spreadsheet to, or report to ensure it's complete and accurate? You know, and the second is, is you know, what is most like, what's the most likely way an error um, could arise? For example, formulas are incorrect or inadvertently changed after already uh, having been validated. Um, source data, which is manually input, is you know what I refer to as fat fingered or, or transposed. Um, pivots and filters utilized uh, to consolidate data are not correct or updated. Um, or maybe source data is stale. You know, for example, does maybe it doesn't reflect um, the most up-to-date uh, balance in in the trial balance. Um, or cells intended to contain formulas, which we use to automate. Uh, processes are, are inadvertently hard-coded. Um, and, and that leads me to the third area, which is, you know, are checks and reviews built into the file to address the areas where errors could occur? You know, for example, password protecting cells to prevent manual input. You know, checks where, um, you know, they flag when numbers do not align with expectations. Um, conditional formatting, which highlights when formula-driven cells are hard-coded. Uh, and then checks within the file, which compare totals and subtotals back to the, you know, the unaltered source data, and that, you know, ensures completeness of the data. You know, and I really want to emphasize that with complicated tax provisions maintained within uh, Excel, you really need to dig into each tab and each cell containing data to ensure that the information is working as intended. So great you brought that up specifically on Excel. You know, I think I probably speak for a lot of folks listening when I say uh, I use Excel most day to day, tons of different tasks, and you know, the more comfortable you get with it, it almost gets easier to miss some of these small details. But even before you get running into an Excel issue or building out a spreadsheet, it seems like you could run into other problems along the way, right? Yeah, so so you know, other issues we see are you know lack of adequately defined procedures. You know, so with so many unique calculations and judgment items within the income tax provision, institutions may attempt to write one vague control that does not clearly identify the nature of the review procedures performed, uh, you know, on each component of the income tax provision. 
you know, simply stating the tax provision is reviewed by the CFO does not provide sufficient detail about uh, the procedures a reviewer performs to gain comfort with the calculation. You know, without specifics, there's no way to ensure that all control procedures needed to mitigate significant risks are performed. You know, so when designing or assessing your tax controls, you should really be asking yourself, you know, a handful of questions. You know, one, are the controls descriptions vague or too general? You know, do they incorporate appropriate thresholds for investigation or review? Uh, do the controls descriptions incorporate procedures that ensure the completeness and accuracy of any key reports and spreadsheets utilized within the tax provision? You know, in cases where forecasts or projections are used, are there sufficient controls over these forecasts? Um, is segregation of duties appropriately considered and addressed? You know, in cases where the tax provision is calculated and maintained uh, within Excel, are sufficient spreadsheet controls established? You know, some of the some of the controls I mentioned um, a minute ago. You know, and then is the right person assigned to perform the control? You know, does he or she have the necessary expertise, competence, and and time to perform a thorough and, and comprehensive review? You know, do, do the company's controls contemplate and cover all relevant significant risks? You know, has the in has the institution inventoried all of its temporary and permanent differences, applied a risk rating to each one, right? Because the more material and or complex the calculation, the higher the, the risk rating. And so has management established separate controls for temporary and permanent differences, which which fall into you know one of these high risk buckets. Um and then so, you know, another kind of flaw or pitfall I've seen is is undefined investigation criteria or or precision, you know, the controls that that do not clearly indicate what event or characteristics like a dollar amount or, or a percentage will trigger further inv investigation into items within the income tax provision. You know, for consistency and monitoring, it's important to clearly define what factors will cause the reviewer to explore the cause of the outlier that that may have been identified. You know, for example, you know, oftentimes we see institutions that that carry what we oftentimes refer to as a cushion or an over accrual on the on the balance sheet. You know, is there a dollar threshold um, that management has established which warrants, you know, reducing that that over accrual? You know, and then state nexus considerations. Has management established a minimum threshold for out-of-state activity that, when reached, will require uh, an institution to start filing in a state that they haven't been filing in? Uh, you know, this defined criteria should be documented and shared with um, the outside auditor to be sure they're comfortable with it. And then, you know, the last common flaw or issue we see is just lack of supporting evidence. You know, while effective procedures may be designed and performed, in some instances the actual activities performed and reviewed are not captured, documented, or retained. You know, for example, initials on a work paper, you know, are really not an indication of the actual activities that were performed or adequate evidence of management review. Um, controls may lack the specifics 
of what evidence is available to support that the control was performed and reviewed by management, which includes validation of the completeness and accuracy of the information um, produced. Wow. It seems like a really well-rounded approach to this process, and it seems like it reflects a number of ways in which things can go wrong. In your opinion, Tyler, how do we best help institutions strengthen controls over their tax provision? Right, Ian. So if any of the common flaws I've mentioned um, you know, sound familiar, it's probably time to take a closer look at your internal controls uh, procedures. And, and like I mentioned, inadequate design and execution of internal controls can result in a material weakness, even if management review procedures are in place. Um, since many institutions, uh, finance departments, do not have the bandwidth uh, to focus on the income tax provision, uh, co-sourcing services and partner partnering with Barry Dunn's income tax professionals to address these issues can help remedy flaws that may exist and leave you uh, with the proper uh, processes and procedures in place. And so, you know, specifically, um, Barry Dunn can provide several different types of services and, and, and levels of service. You know, we can provide tax provision training to help you understand how the various computations work and their role or place in financial reporting disclosures. Uh, we can provide ASC 740 training or guidance when, you know, maybe an unusual or complex transaction occurs, like a business combination. Um, we can provide you with um, updates on tax law changes and tax rate changes uh, by means of a white paper or other written information. You know, we can provide tax provision co-sourcing or, or complete outsourcing uh, services with documentation of controls and roles. We can debrief with management team on some of the key areas of the provision. Uh, you know, we can be the fill-in when the organization does not have the internal resources to dedicate to the tax provision. And then we can also provide tax, a tax provision template to help automate your process, or alternatively, we can review your current template for, for formula controls. You know, our ultimate goal is to give your institution peace of mind that um, you have a team and really a partner supporting your tax provision function that has the appropriate level of industry expertise. Um, so, uh, you know, I hope you all found this session helpful and informative. And if you have any questions or would like more information on the services uh, Barry Dunn can provide, I recommend you visit our website or reach out uh, to any one of the professionals in our group. Thanks, Tyler. Really appreciate the behind the scenes look into what can definitely be an intimidating topic. So that's all the time we have for today, but we hope you're able to join us for our next episode where we'll take a deeper look at how fiduciary regulation impacts the information technology side of your operations. 